Welcome to our Hackle Podcast, episode 16 in the series Classic Take, where we will take a classic fundamental concept of Mashiach and try to delve a little bit deeper into it. So in the previous episode, we discussed that we are supposed to believe, anticipate, hope the Mashiach will come now. And I quoted some sources. There are many other sources. For example, the Gemara says, Mesech the Shabbos, one of the first questions they ask a person after he comes upstairs, is, did you see peace of Yeshua? Did you anticipate salvation? Which is explained to mean the coming of Mashiach. And the Ran and Chidush Haran on that source, and the um, same thing as in Drashis Malach HaMashiach, the Talmud HaRitzpah, explains that to mean that the question is not just that you believe the Mashiach will eventually come. Well, obviously, you know, that's a fundamental of Jewish faith. It's not, uh, that should be a given, so to say, that the person did that. He explains the question, mean that you believe the Mashiach will come in your time. Did you anticipate it? Sipisa, the word Sipisa means like someone is looking, he's anticipating, he's expecting it. Did you anticipate, did you hope that it will come in your time? So this is, as I explained before, this is obviously the nature of the hope of the anticipation for Mashiach. There are a number of questions that people put forward on this understanding, and I know the questions each need to be dealt with individually, but just I want to deal with one very basic fundamental you know, question, which is, doesn't come from a very scholarly place, which is, you know, a person could get very disappointed with such an approach. You know, I'm told to expect Mashiach every day. So I thought he would come yesterday, the day before, the day before, a year before that, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. So why should I expect him to come today? Shouldn't be, shouldn't it work in a reverse way that every day that goes by that he hasn't come, I should maybe expect less and less that he should arrive the next day, you know? Don't I have already so many days that I've hoped and my hope did not materialize? Why? Maybe I should just give it all up. Forget about it. Who needs the heartache, the headache? Why should I continuously anticipate the coming of Mashiach every single day? So there are obviously a number of points to bring out, but there's one very, very fundamental understanding, which is very crucial and basic and fundamental to understand. And this very, very relevant, uh, you know, for people to, to internalize properly. And this idea is really expressed by the Ma'abid Ramoshim Mitrani, as he writes in the Sefer Basel Akim Shari Yisraelis Perekunun. He writes there a very fundamental point. He says that the longer it takes for Mashiach to come, you should have more hope that he will come now. Why? Because now that so much time has passed, so we're closer to the time of Mashiach. And he says that, um, he uses the term, The fact that Mashiach has delayed is a reason that we should expect him even more to come now. So th- this is a very crucial idea to understand properly, and I'll explain it as follows with a very simple analogy. And the point is like this, if let's say you have a friend, and your friend tells you, you know, I'm coming tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to come to eat supper by you, in your apartment, in your house. And you expect him to come usually around 5, 6 o'clock, and he hasn't arrived 5, 6 o'clock, and it's, okay, you say maybe he was a few minutes delayed, he got caught up with something at 6.15 or 6.30, the longer the clock is ticking and the later it's getting, the less and less you really hope your friend is going to show up. 
because once the clock already hits 8, 9, 10, I mean, once it already gets very late, you, 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 you're definitely not expecting your friend to show up anymore. Well, let's just take the same example and just change it around a little bit different. Let's say a wife or a mother tells her spouse or her kids, she says, I'm going to be back at this at this time. And I'm going to be back 6 o'clock, 6.15, 6.30. It's already 8 o'clock. It's already 9 o'clock. The later it gets, the more you're expecting that she should walk through, through the door any minute. Why? Because she promised you that she's going to come. And you know this is her house. I mean, where else is she supposed to go? So unless something, God forbid, took place against, you know, whatever, she, she, she wasn't able to make it home for some you know, terrible incident that, that held her back and whatever was, you know, the streets were closed off, who knows what. But otherwise, you've, you're expecting her to come home in time. If it gets late, then the later it gets, the more you're expecting her to come. Because how much could she already stay home? She eventually has to come. It's so late. Whatever she was stuck with should have already, you know, you know should have already been, been resolved. And now she should come home. So what's the core of the difference between the example of the friend that promised that he'll come for supper and the wife, the mother that promised that she'll come home? It's a very, very basic difference. When you know something will definitely happen, the longer it takes to happen just makes you expect it to happen right now more than earlier. If there was still a lot of time, you say, okay, no, listen, it's, you know, there's still some time. Maybe she got busy with this, that, the third thing. But the longer it takes, I mean, how much more time is it left? Where is she going to spend the whole night if she's not going to come home? So the more time goes by, the more you expect it to come home immediately. On the other hand, when your friend promised they'll come over to you, that wasn't a necessity. Your friend has their own home. They're promising they'll stop by. You know, something could have come up that was more important. And the longer time, the more time goes by, the less and less of a chance it is that the person will show up. Why? Because she doesn't have to come. The, the friend doesn't have to come. It's not a, it's not a vadai. It's not a no, it's not a for sure fact. It's a probability. But if something has to happen, then the more it's being held back, the more of a reason to believe that it's all the sooner to happen. The same thing is with Mashiach. If we really believe in Mashiach, we take it as a given that he has to come. So then the way we should look at it is not that the more time has gone by, the more of a reason not to expect him to come. You know, it's it's uh, you know if, you, if Mashiach would be optional, so then yeah, then God forbid, the, the logic would be that the more time that it takes for Mashiach to come and he didn't show up, so maybe it means you know that let's forget about the whole situation. It's likely it's not going to happen, but if we look at the coming of Mashiach as something which has to happen, so then the more time goes by, and we know there's a limit. He has to come before the end of the sixth millennium, etc. You know, the more time goes by, I mean, how much longer could it be already? So the more of a reason we expect that he's coming right now. But again, the difference is, how much do you really believe in Mashiach? If you really believe that he's coming 100%, so then the longer he comes, the more you hope he's coming all the sooner. The longer it takes, the more you hope he's coming all the sooner. If a person has doubts, God forbid, so then he could start doubting, the longer it takes, he could start doubting the coming of Mashiach altogether. One, another illustration for this point is there not a few more illustrations for this point? Is let's say a woman that's overdue, right? No one will say, oh, you know, this woman is nine months pregnant. She didn't give birth and she's already overdue. So eh, she probably won't give birth anymore. You know, if she's overdue, then 
okay, you know, maybe sometimes she needs to be induced, whatever it is, but the more of a reason to expect that she did give, she will give birth any moment now because she's already overdue, right? The same idea, something that got to happen. If longer it takes, more of a reason to expect it to happen all the, clo- all, all the faster. Another illustration, another example, another muscle that's brought down for this is let's say somebody has a, a big box of all different papers and there was a lottery ticket, a winning lottery ticket that fell into the box. And person is looking for the lottery ticket and he's spending the whole, takes some hours and hours. He's not finding it. He's taking out this paper. It's not the ticket. Another paper, it's not the ticket. And the guy goes by, he sees the guy in the morning, he's looking for the thing. He comes back late at night. He sees the guy is still going through the, 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 the box. He says, listen, you know, he says, if you didn't find it until now, he says, before you had the box was... 90% full. Now the box is 5% full. If you didn't find it when the box was 90% full, you're probably not going to find it when the box is only 5% full. But the guy explains to me, he says, listen, I know for a fact that this lottery ticket is here. If I didn't find it until now, all the more chance it must be in this pile of the 5% that's left. The fact that 95 that I took out already so much of the box is all the more of a reason for me to believe that it must be in any of these papers right now. Why again? It's the same point. He's assured it's there, and the more time goes by that he doesn't, the more papers he picks up, which are not the winning lottery ticket, the more he knows that the next paper is more of a chance that it will be the winning lottery ticket. The same thing is with Mashiach. With Mashiach, the truth is, Mashiach could come any day. If the Jewish people are totally meritorious, it could come any day, and so on and so forth. But there's definitely a time at which Mashiach has to come. There's a set time that by hook or by crook, as many sages explain, Mashiach has to come at that point. Now furthermore, the, the Chavetz Chaim explains the closer we get to that set time, the easier it is to hasten Mashiach's arrival. Meaning, for let's say Mashiach had to come a thousand years before the set time. So there would have been many, many, many merits necessary extraordinary, extraordinarily big amount of merits necessary to hasten his arrival a thousand years before his time. But if somebody only needs to hasten his arrival by a year, by a week, by a day, so you only need a little bit merits, the Chavetz Chaim explains, to hasten his arrival, because you only have to hasten his arrival a little bit. So which means the closer you are to the final point of Mashiach has to come, the more of a chance it is for you to hasten his arrival. So in essence, the point is that Every day that goes by, you know, the only difference between Mashiach and the winning lottery tickets is that in, in, in the story of the box with the lottery ticket, it's either you have the lottery ticket or you don't. All the other papers are not lottery tickets. When it comes to Mashiach, technically each day has the potential of being a lottery ticket. It's just that it depends on our merits to see if it's materialized or not. There are any other calculations that Abisha has that we don't know about. But there's definitely the final day, the final point at which Mashiach has to come by hook or by crook. So the more time goes by, the more exile has prolonged and prolonged beyond our imagination and so on and so forth. So, and like, you know, we know there's an end time. We know that Mashiach has to come before the end of the sixth millennium, as is explained in the Gemara and many other sources, Yishayinim and so on and so forth, and particularly that exile has lasted so long and we already see as the, the Chafetz Chaim, the Rebbe, many daily Yisrael have explained, we already see how all the signs of the footsteps of Mashiach, of Ikvisa, the Mashiach, have, final, have you know, materialized before our eyes, the more of a reason to, to believe this is the point, this is the thing. And, and the truth is that 
the 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 this whole talk is nice and beautiful, but in essence, it really reflects a gullus mentality, which means if we have to explain why we should expect Mashiach to come, it really shows how accustomed we are to exile that we take for granted that the probability is that exile should last so long. You know, we have the fact that Mashiach could come sounds very outlandish. It sounds know, very abnormal, and, you know, we need to say, how could you say he's going to come now if he didn't come the day before? But the truth is, the Rebbe explained that from the Geula mindset, from the Mashiach mindset, the real reality, the thing that makes the real sense is that Mashiach should come right now. Exile is what doesn't make sense. Exile is hepechatev, is against the nature. A Jewish person inherently is above exile. Hashem is above exile. They should put himself in exile. The Jewish people in exile. According to the way things should work, essentially, inherently, the Jewish people don't belong in exile. Exile really makes no sense. So the fact that we're in exile is really what doesn't make any sense. Not that it doesn't make sense that Mashiach is coming. The Rebbe once spoke a very powerful sicha, Shabbos Pashas Pinchas Tav and the Rebbe said how people have, basically the Rebbe was saying how people are wondering why the Rebbe, every Shabbos, every Farbrengen is speaking about Mashiach, you know, basically, like the Rebbe says, somebody might think, you know, if I have nice dreams, why come every week and tell the whole crowd about my nice dreams? You know, what's it's a nice dream. What, what do you have to, like, you know, living in reality in this world, we're living in the Gullus world, so why focus so much on this hype, on this dream of Mashiach coming? And the Rebbe said that the answer is that the reverse is true. Gullus is the dream. What we say in Tillam, exile is the dream. The reality is redemption. That's the real reality. That's what really makes the most sense. The whole exile is an abnormal situation, which every day it continues is really something that doesn't make any sense. So therefore, from the Gula perspective, we shouldn't need proof that Mashiach is coming. If a person is really imbued and understands the, the idea of Gula, that the world was created for Gula, that the Golos is something which runs contrary to where the Jewish people belong, to where Hashem belongs, where the Beis Hamitesh belongs, and so on and so forth, so he, to him, it should be obvious. You know, Mashiach should be here already. You know, why is it, the question is why is it taking so long? Not oh, since it took so long, then likely he won't come anymore in the future again. Along the same lines, the same thing more particularly could be applied to an issue which is very relevant in today's day and age. You know, people say, oh, the Rebbe said Mashiach is coming Tavshin on Aleph you know, over 30 years ago, and he still hasn't come. So, okay, whatever, we don't know what it was all about, but let's just return, resume to life as usual. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the discussion. I'm not the authority to know what the Rebbe, you know, uh, what, what, you know uh, I don't want to say anything on my own, but I mean, first of all, there were things we know that the Rebbe said that happened 30 years later. The things that the Rebbe predicted that we thought would happen right away, it took time. It doesn't change anything. But more particularly, the Rebbe himself addressed this issue about the Fidik Rebbe. The Fidik Rebbe also said during the Holocaust that this was the time Mashiach was coming, and he printed that Kriya Vaktusha, that where, where he spoke about Lata Lachuva, Lata Ligula, that Mashiach is coming. And the Rebbe explains that Mashiach was supposed to come then, just other things got mixed in, which the Rebbe discussed other times, which is a separate discussion, and that prolonged the coming of Mashiach. But the Rebbe says, if Mashiach was supposed to come then, and he was prolonged for whatever reason, so all the more we should expect Mashiach to come now, M meaning that already at that point, everything was ready for Mashiach. Just something interfered, mixed in, and diverted the redemption. But how long could that obstacle last for? 
In other words, if we view it from the perspective that Mashiach is a real entity, the coming of Mashiach is real, the energy of Mashiach in the world is very real, so there's just something holding it back. But that, that holding it back, whatever obstacle there is, is not eternal. Mashiach is, is emes, is, is godliness, is true, is real. That's the thing that has to happen. There's obstacles that pop up that hold it back. But if already at that point we were ready and just something came up, so how much more so now, after all the Torah mitzvahs and everything we did during, until, you know, from that time onward, how much more so that it's time now that Mashiach should come. So again, it really depends. It's really a shift of perspective and really requires us to leave the Golos mentality, so to say, where we take Golos as the reality, that this is what really makes sense to happen, and to shift the Gula mentality, where it makes sense that Mashiach should come. So if the Rebbe said Mashiach is coming then, that was a reality. It might have been something that interfered. Whatever interfered with that, whether, the, again, I am not the Abish that I obviously can't know what happened, Whatever, if something did interfere, didn't interfere, if there was something that interfered, it could only delay it to some amount of time. It's, it's, it's a temporary obstacle. It's not like, oh, you know, you know the Kleisenberg Rebbe once gave a marshal, which I found very potent. He was, a, was speaking about something else, but, it, but he was a little bit related, but not related to our conversation. But he gave an example. He said that when he, when he came to America, he went on the boat, so there was a certain person that was expecting to see America Right away, he thought he'll be on the sea for two, three hours, and then he'll, he'll arrive at America. And it took in those days, it took a number of days until you reached America. So this person says, after nine hours goes by, he doesn't see America. He says, it's all a bluff. This person thought it's a few hours away. He's standing on the deck of the ship. He's waiting to go off. He's waiting to see dry land. It's just a bunch of bluff. He says, you know, they made up this whole story about America. It's really not real. A little while later, a few, a few days later, there's a small island that they see in, in, in the ocean. It says, oh, this must be America. He gets all excited. This must be it. And they tell him, no, this is just an island. So, and then they go further. Anyway, they came to Ellis Island. This person, he said, you know, there's no such a thing as America. It's all, uh, uh, you know, hocus pocus. And let me get, this must be the America. This small island, this must be it. He took off his luggage and he went off on Ellis Island you know, he and uh, they told him, listen, you want to get to New York, you, you might be stuck over here for some time. But he didn't want to hear of anything. And the point is, he was bringing a marshal for exile and, and, and uh, different things that popped up that made people think that, you know, false messiahs, whatever. That, it was a separate discussion, but it was a very potent example. Sometimes we expect something to happen at a certain time. And because it, it doesn't happen immediately, so you say, oh, it's just a fake. It's a hocus pocus. No, the point is that it's a real thing. But if something comes and tries to drag it out, it doesn't take it away. And, and, and the proper approach is, is that, as a council which is discussed in many sources, every single day we get closer to Mashiach. True, there are some times in history when the Jewish people expected the Mashiach will come right then. And he didn't. But even then, it doesn't mean it was a lost opportunity. It means that Mashiach, we got closer to a certain milestone reached. For example, there's a famous story that Alt Rebbe said that the year Tafresh Ches, 1848, would be the year that Mashiach will come. And Mashiach didn't come that year. So the Rebbe Marash goes to his father, the Tzamech Tzadik, and said, What happened? So he says, The Lakutai Torah was printed. The Lakutai Torah is the secrets of the Torah, the Maimodim of Chesidus. This is the light of Mashiach. So he says, Yeah, but we need Mashiach down here literally. And the Rebbe spoke about this many times, and the point is that spiritually, the revelation of Mashiach is the revelation of Chesidus on spiritual worlds. 
the fact that the Likud HaTayda was printed was the revelation of Mashiach. So yes, it wasn't the full-fledged, literal revelation of Mashiach, which is what Rebbe Marash was claiming that that's what we want, but it was a step, a very huge mile step reached to Mashiach. Every single day we're getting closer to Mashiach. Mashiach was supposed to come at a certain time and it didn't come at that point. It doesn't mean, oh, it's all a bluff, it's all hocus-pocus, Mashiach is not coming anymore. No, it means the energy is here, but maybe you dragged out a little bit longer. Instead of it being an instant process, it's instead of it being a, you know something instant, it turned into a process, which might take a little bit more time, but we'll get eventually to that goal. So again, these are different ideas which are important to keep in mind, to think about, to internalize, try to strengthen our understanding of, you know, of the coming of Mashiach, that every day we're getting closer to Mashiach, particularly spiritually and even physically. We, as we get closer to Mashiach, we see different things becoming more and more openly manifest that show that the world is getting ready for Mashiach, whether it's good things or even opposite things, but are all part of the sign that the process is coming to a conclusion, to a good conclusion, the coming of Mashiach. We merit is coming speedily. Take it from Yad Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Tudalt's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.